Hello everybody, I'm Katie Knight and welcome back to Can You Put Me On Guest List. So today is International Women's Day, so I thought it would be a nice idea to highlight and celebrate some of the wonderful things that women in music have worked on or taken part in over this last year. And for this conversation, I asked two of my favorite people in the world to join me, Lydia Laws, who is the founder of Lydia Laws PR, and Roberta Hickey, who is the founder of the Women in Dance Music platform, Little Pink Book. So besides talking about personal projects and experiences as women in music, we also talk about some of the other initiatives and communities and women that are constantly inspiring us. So happy, happy, happy International Women's Day to all of you incredible, powerful and ambitious women that are listening to this podcast and also to the incredible men who empower, push, support and love us every day. Welcome back to Can You Put Me On Guest List with Lydia Laws and Roberta Hickey. It's really cold here today. Oh, is it? Winter. But winter in Ibiza is nice, though. Mm. It's not like... It's like six degrees and sunny here, which is actually kind of the dream in the winter. Mm. I like that. It's meant to be like crazy winds, like 60 kilometer winds at the weekend. 60? Wow. Yeah. So just just to give people a bit of a context where everybody is, I'm obviously in Ibiza. Roberta is in Dubai and Lydia is in Newcastle. Just so everybody knows. So we're spread out. <laughs> I wish we were doing this in person. I know. We should have literally just pressed record on like all our breakfast chats at XP. I know. <laughs> so good that was so good that's why I was like I have to do this with you two because we just had so many good chats over there me Lydia and Roberta were all at XP conference in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia in December was it December yeah. or November in November yeah um and it was so so good wasn't it it was really like insightful it was really interesting we had a really good time and met some amazing people there and as Lydia just said we had lots of breakfast chats in the morning over an amazing buffet breakfast I remember when we came oh. back Lydia was like oh just die for that buffet breakfast again <laughs> I could have just started every day like that and once once you were like try the dates and I was like oh my god it was like two more breakfasts and I was like the dates are amazing oh the dates are so they're like so... toffees, it's like having, yes. I mean, I don't think they're healthier than actual toffees anyway, but oh, they were worth it. Yeah, do, they have them, do they have them in Dubai as well, Roberta? Yeah, I was trying to stay away. Oh yeah. my God, and like the dried papaya as well, which was just like sweets. Oh. Yeah, that papaya was insane. <laughs> but also the conference was actually amazing. <laughs> yeah, not just the food. It wasn't just the food. Yeah, the conference was. And what like a place to have all been kind of brought together, just you would never really have kind of thought it would be in Saudi Arabia. So it's kind of, yeah, yeah, an amazing experience. It was an amazing experience because you two didn't know each other either before that, did you? No. You didn't. Bonded over breakfast. breakfast. (laughs) Dates and Arabic (laughs) coffee. And actually, I bonded over food. (laughs) yeah <laughs> <laughs> and actually one thing that I really loved about XP was the fact that they had brought in so many women from so many different backgrounds so many different places around the world um 
to speak on the panels. In fact, Roberta, you spoke on a panel. Uh, was it Roberta or was it Lydia? Yeah. What was your Very panel called? About? Roberta Jones. Uh, yeah. yeah, the women's one. Yeah, it was um, Female Representation is a Mission for All of Us, which I quite like that title as well because it's it's true and it's kind of, yeah. And they had actually two males on the panel as well, which was interesting to see their perspective. You could tell they were... Yeah, kind of I remember that. Watching what to say, I, I think it's it's a tough position to be in because I kind of, as a man on a panel like that, because I think you're kind of, you don't want to say the wrong thing, but, you know, the fact that they were on that panel and were speaking, um, like, so positively and saying what they do and what other people can do, that's, like, a huge step forward. Mm, absolutely. It's such an exciting time over there in Saudi, isn't it? Well, I think in the Middle East in general. And you, yeah. Roberta, you moved over to Dubai. When did you move now? Well, yeah, just about a year ago. Kind of start the move about this time last year. It was a bit back and forth for a few months. But, um, but yeah, crazy. Have you been there a year already? Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. Was back wow. and forth for a few months and was here, like, fully from May, June. Um but yeah, it's gone so quickly. What's your experience actually been like as a woman there, like in music? Because that would be something I'd be really interested to kind of hear on, like how you found it. Yeah, so the music industry here is still kind of super emerging and so much smaller. So coming from London, the one thing that I did miss is the kind of the, the big music industry community and the fact there's like events every night you can be anywhere you're probably bumping into someone you know um that kind of isn't really happening here yet but it's definitely on the kind of on the up and on the move so we have the major labels here we have um sony and universal both have to buy offices um i believe warner in beirut and there's more companies coming up like tiktok obviously have an office here spotify there's angami um which is the arabic spotify kind of their own streaming service so it's definitely happening, but I think it's it's bringing everyone together, that community vibe. So that's something I'm trying to build with Little Pink Book here. So kind of launched that um, at the end of last year with um, a round table of, of women in music here to kind of hear about their thoughts. And I think that's the same. A lot of people see that there's so much opportunity here, like within the music industry, because mm. it is an emerging market. Um, but what people said the same as me they miss that that community that you do get with working in the music industry especially in kind of a city like london so but it's definitely happening there's a place called al sakal avenue which is a real creativity hub there's a vinyl record store there that has sessions in with emerging djs and talent um there's a really cool like underground radio station that's just launched in abu dhabi so there's definitely things happening mm. um and it's people are up for it kind of in Al Sakal Avenue um they had a arts festival and the performances there was Saint Levant who's just blowing up on TikTok he's amazing um and then another local Arabic artist and then it was um it was arts as well and crafts and food stalls but I believe over the weekend it was like well over 10,000 people attended so it shows oh. that there is that appetite for creativity and for those more emerging artists and discovery which is amazing. So I think it's just all about kind of, yeah, how to how we can keep building on that, really. 
Mm. For people that don't know Little Pink Book, can you just give a little bit of an introduction? Yeah, so Little Pink Book is my women in music platform and network. So it was launched in London in 2019. Uh, we do a lot of panel talks, um, curated events, like all feel all female lineups for brands like Adidas. Um, we did a lot of ven- um, all female lineups at venues in London, so like the Ned, the Curtain, uh, the Hospital Club, but it was there, um, which was amazing. And over lockdown, we partnered with Mixcloud, London Sound Academy, and Pioneer DJ, and did live stream DJ and production workshops which was free um, we gave away pioneer DJ equipment. So we're actually getting the equipment into the hands of women during lockdown to get them to learn. Um, and yeah, that was amazing. That's one of the favorite projects I've worked on really just to kind of see the community coming together in a time like that, all female led. Um, we did some industry tips as well. We had some amazing people involved. Jaguar was involved. She was amazing. Jess Bays, Yazus, uh, Samantha Togney, um, yeah, it was great. And we had such good feedback. And I actually believe kind of um, some of the women who got involved in the streams and once with the equipment actually then did end up learning DJ and getting into production. So oh, that cool. but that's so much fun working with so many different incredible women and being able to bring them all together under under one brand as well. Yeah. And now yeah, so you just look cool. Yeah. yeah, I think like I feel like when we were younger, there was way less there was just so much less of this around. Like, obviously, it's still mm. something we need to grow, but, like, I remember when I, like, tried to get into music and it was very much, like, I was kind of very much, like, put down a lot by guys um, in a kind of, like, how does she know what she's talking about? She doesn't know anything about the music scene, like, all that sort of stuff. And I feel like there was... I wasn't the only, wo- like, woman who had that experience, like, yeah. by a long shot. I think it's so good that there are there's more of these platforms available for people and more encouragement because if you're not encouraged at the beginning, like you kind of get into it despite how you're treated. Yeah. Whereas like, I feel like there was a lot more encouragement for men or it's very much like, it feels like a male dominated industry, especially then. And it's, so then it's harder to push through because you're not only having to push past your own, like, you know, imposter syndrome or self doubt, whatever you're kind of having to fight against, these kind of preconceived opinions that guys in the scene have of you as well. I think though, especially with like, um, you know, with technology and the internet and WhatsApp and all of like these different platforms now it's so much easier because of when we started, I mean, like obviously there was internet, but there wasn't really like, nobody really used uh, WhatsApp. There there wasn't these kind of groups or communities. Well, there probably were, but there weren't really as many as there is now. So I think like now that women are starting out in in the music industry, it's a lot easier for them to be able to find these different communities and be able to connect with different women, learn from other women um, about, you know, different roles or their experiences in the industry. So I do think it's it's a much easier time for women to start out than it probably was mm. 10 12 years ago 100 yeah, percent. having those role models to look up to like that visibility so seeing women in those senior roles seeing women as tour managers seeing women producing because i think sometimes if you're not seeing it you it's much harder to kind of see yourself doing that mm. and i think you know you just 
you just kind of, yeah, it's weird if you're not seeing someone who reflects you in the role. I think unless you're, you know, really one of those trailblazing people who who's just kind of like, I'm going to do this, whatever. I think the majority of people, it just then doesn't end into enter into their psyche. Like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Whereas the more women were showing in, in male dominated roles and in senior positions, it really just kind of puts it out there that look, anyone can achieve this. Like you're not going to be, you don't have to think that you're going to be second best or you're not going to be a CEO at a record label because you're a woman. We don't want women entering the industry like that. We want them going in being like, I am going to get paid the same as the man sat next to me and I am going to be CEO if I want to be mm, and I work yeah. hard. So I think that's kind of, that's where we're getting to now that we are being able to show women in those roles and, you know, show women having those seats at the table and, and that, and hopefully will then encourage others to follow in their footsteps and mm. inspire them. 100%. Yeah. You're working on, um, you were telling us a couple of days ago, the LPB directory. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that because that kind of leads into to the project that you're working on. Yeah, so it's actually just gone live today. So uh, can Woo! you put me on the guest list? Congratulations. <laughs> you. I know you've been, this is something that you've been thinking about for a while, so I'm very excited for you. Oh my gosh, for years, and I don't know why. For years, has it really been years? Wow. Um, so basically, what it is is well, what it's going to be is a directory, global directory of female, um, female identifying and non-binary DJ producers and vocalists, mm-hmm. um, from all over the world of all levels. And um, at the minute, we're just kind of getting people to, to get on board, to put their details in, and we're going to be building it out. Um, so I've got an amazing mentor from Beatport who's guiding me on the project, which is really exciting. And um, it's amazing to have kind of support from such a like respected company like that. So we're in phase one at the minute, which we're just asking people to sign up, uh, put their details in. Phase two, we'll be announcing our launch partners. So this will be venues, record labels, um, festivals, who are all kind of going to pledge to to be using the platform to discover talent. And then phase three, it's going to be um, launched as a platform and a community. So this is where um, women on the platform can mark themselves as mentors. Um, and then producers and vocalists can find each other. So I find obviously a lot of the vocalists in dance music are females and then they'll be paired with male producers. And sometimes the lyrics are maybe too personal or they would just feel more comfortable with a female producer, but actually it's hard to find. So it's going to make um, make each other discoverable. Because for me, growing up in Doncaster, there was nothing like that. And funnily enough, I had a girl message me on Doncaster from Doncaster who had met someone I know and said, oh, you should speak to Roberta. She's in music and DJ and she's from Donny. And she was like, oh Donny. my God, I just, yeah, come on, Donny. Um, <laughs> she was like, oh, it's so nice to meet someone kind of like from here. I've just, I haven't found anyone like locally who um, can connect and it'd be good to know how you've kind of gone from starting out in Doncaster to to doing what you're doing. And, and it just made me think, There'll be so there will be other women in Doncaster, or you know, that's just an example, yeah. but all over who are doing, but that just haven't been connected. So that's a big part of it. So discoverability for the industry, but also for each other. Like yeah. moving to Dubai, I wanted to get more DJ lessons here, and ideally from a female, and I just can't find anyone. 
So it might be amazing mm. if I could just go in and then be like, okay, who's DJ willing to teach, willing to mentor, to buy? Amazing. So that's kind of the grand plan. It's so cool. it's such a good idea. It's such a good idea because I was like, I was even thinking a couple of days ago, even in places like Ibiza, where obviously like the music industry has been around for like like since the sixties, so it's like a, a very well established music industry here. But there's still, like, there's no women that have their own residencies in Ibiza. The only person that came to mind, I remembered that Magdalena had a residency with her party called Shadows a few years ago. I think Tanya Volcano once had one at DC10. And now Ida Emberg has had her residency at Club Chinois. And I don't know if it's because... Are you ringing me? Sorry, that was my mum. Hi, mum. Um... <laughs> I don't know if it's literally because people are just not connected properly or I like it's yeah, actually true. blows my mind that there is I, no women apart from right now, Ida Emberg that has her residency at Club Chinois that don't have that own residency in Ibiza. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. That's mental. You would think that you would think there would be someone who like Emily Lenz had a four week residency. That's it. Gosh. That's nuts. Yeah. I wonder so, so, why that is. I wonder, like... I know. So that's why I was thinking the other day when you were telling us about the directory, I was like, this is something that, like, it can be used in so many different ways through so many different people in so many places around the world for different reasons, obviously, whether it's, you know, you want to go into the studio or you are setting up your own event or you need, uh, I don't know, just whatever, you know? But even down to 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 part to like events because um, mm. I just don't know if it's just because people aren't connected properly. I'm not sure, but it's yeah, crazy, crazy about the women thing in the beat that that is not. Yeah. But then I I feel like as a general rule, women will go to male ran men or male or female ran events, whereas men are less like I feel like men. As a generalization, I feel like men don't connect as well with a female artist. I genuinely think that's the thing. Like, if you look on social media when, like, a female DJ posts a video, like, how much negativity they get. I know. Even, like, Charlotte or Emily, do you know what I mean? Like, and they're massive. Whereas, like, a male artist at the same level doesn't get that same response. And maybe yeah, that yes. then actually comes, like, is mirrored in, like, even like people kind of like showing up to events and supporting. Yeah. I don't so, know. You're so right with what you say about like the whole social media thing and the amount of negative comments that I think there's just been, I think over the last couple of years, there's been a big rise in, in female techno artists, um, mm, yeah. especially. And yeah. a lot of people have this thing about, oh, that they were models before and now they've models that turn DJ kind of thing. And there's like, I don't know. I just, I can't even understand how people can be so like cruel and mean and the words that people say on social media. It, I, like it, it's just disgusting the way some people get spoken to on, on uh, online sometimes. And um, I don't know. I don't even see if it's like, if it's something that's, that is getting better or if it's getting worse as there's more women coming in mm -hmm. and really growing, you know? I feel like there's a lot of men who are very supportive 
Um, and a lot of people in the scene who are really supportive of the fact that women have more of a platform, there are more female artists coming through. But I also think with that, there's also a lot of people who feel threatened by that or feel like it's taking away from men who should have that spotlight or be playing those shows or whatever and see it more as a competition or mm. see, you know what I mean? It's that whole thing of like, if someone's doing well, it doesn't mean that someone else has to be doing not well. Mm. Like there's space for everybody, but I think some people don't see that. Mm. Um, yeah. There's what definitely you- an element of, of being threatened because you can see it from like the comments and, but it like, yeah, exactly what you said. It's when we're talking about um, like female headliners and female getting residencies, we're not saying don't give any men residencies, don't give any men headline. We're just no. saying, hey, because of you two, that's it. We're not, you know, there are some incredible male DJs and, you know, I absolutely love going to Ibiza and to all the residencies and to the massive clubs where, yeah, it is predominantly a male lineup and they're incredible. So we're not taking anything away from that. It's just, you know, how can how can we be there too? How can we be, you know, having yeah. our moment? How can more females be having residencies in Ibiza? Mm, exactly. Yeah. I feel like women are held to such a higher standard as well. You know, like using social media as an example, like someone posts a video and it's like, she's not, she's not doing, you know, she's not writing her own music. She's not playing probably. She's not doing this. She's not like, you know, like playing like with records. She's doing this, but like why, like, you know, there's artists who are doing all this, who are playing, you know, like men are the same. There's men who are doing the same sort of sets or playing in the same way or whatever. And it's like, why, why is that okay? Mm. but what she is doing isn't or what they are doing isn't do you know what I mean like why is that fair it's weird what are your thoughts on um all female female lineups that are like actually called oh we're doing like a full just female lineup at an event like how it's done so I know strawberries and cream for example had like an all-female lineup stage um at the event, they also across the lineup they did have kind of big female headliners. I actually think it was maybe fifty one percent female overall, and then they had a stage curated by um, Girls Can't DJ, and actually I love that because it was brought through a lot of kind of grassroots female talent, and the stage was like popping off, and and it was just kind of and because it was there as part of the festival like what you said there was a lot of like guys going down just because it was like part of the festival and and then having you know an amazing time and I think kind of showing you know we can do it is really fun yeah I don't know I think what you were saying if it was if it was a if it was a girls country day night and an all-female lineup you would see that crowd would be predominantly female but when Mm. it was a stage at a festival you kind of change that because people are like milling around and they get attracted to where the music is good or where the vibe is and it was amazing at that stage. And I think that is a good way to do it um, because it's not kind of, it's not taking over, but it is giving an opportunity for females to, to curate and then also those grassroots artists to to have a platform and to, to all work together and, and create something amazing. Mm. So I, I, I think it has, pro- I think it, if it's done the right way, I think it can definitely have benefits. Yeah, I agree. I think it can have an element of like novelty about it that I don't like and also like a charity angle to it that I also don't like. Um, I think it's a really difficult one because I also think like 
in a dream world lineups would be based on you know like like quality slash like you know appro like what was appropriate for that setting or that you know that stage or whatever but it's really hard to do something on that when women haven't had the same opportunities you know like women and non-binary artists haven't had the same opportunities that men have for so long so to be like oh we're just going to base it solely on talent I think is really difficult because then it's like well you're discounting loads of female artists and you aren't showing representation in any sense of the word but Mm. at the same time I think it has to be done in the right way so that it's not kind of done in like a oh look look at us we're you know supporting we're showing diversity in our lineups by blah 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 do you know what I mean I think it has to come from like a kind of sincere and like thought out place to work yeah I totally agree with you that's that's exactly what I was going to say I think it just depends it depends on the angle and like you know the purpose and where where it's being held but um I think as well sometimes when you do see like like I remember there was this one night that they did in Ibiza and Privilege it was probably like six or seven years ago and they it was literally like called uh what was the name of the party I can't remember, but it was really branded and marketed like this is just female. And and it didn't work in the end because it kind of like pushed men away a little bit, I think, in some kind of sense. Yeah. It was a kind of a oh, bit yeah. like, okay, this is girls club, like boys definitely are not allowed in. So mm. I think it just depends on the way that it's 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 done and it's marketed. Um but yeah, I think sometimes it can it can there can be kind of a an like a bit of a, a negative side of just calling it like just women, yeah. you know. Because we don't want to yeah. have the totally That's not what we want. That's what no. we're trying to get is equality and like find you know, these balanced lineups. Yeah, hundred percent. I remember like this is years ago, but I just remember like uh me and Claire were there and like we were kind of we thought the lineup was quite like I don't know. It was like very male dominated, obviously, because it's a very male dominated label. But then they had like Charlotte and Emily playing and they were both playing at the exact same time on two different stages. And it was like, where did this programming like get thought through? Yeah. Because I want to see like these are two of the biggest artists of the moment who both happen to be women. And I'm having to choose between which one I watch or which one I enjoy the set of or I have to run back and forth. Whereas all day, like you could have, obviously you're always competing against someone, but I feel like women are constantly kind of put in this position where they're competing against each other when that doesn't have to be there. Like why didn't you have one of them play a slightly different time so that it's not a case of, I can only really catch like one of these two really like special artists set you know I don't know do you know what I mean it's stuff like that it's like I think we could be thinking really good example doing Mm. lineups and it's just like that's what I think I think things like that could be thought through better a hundred percent I'd love to know also like what was thought process behind a lineup like that yeah is it because it is men that are putting together them set times and then lineups and it's something they just really haven't thought about or like what's the reasoning behind it because that is a it's a strange one we we brought it up to a couple of male artists that we were with on the day, and they were like, "Oh no," because we were like, "Oh, but I don't know," and they were like, "No, I don't, I don't think so." And I was like, "Yeah, but of course, like, of course you don't, because you've not had to think about it, because you've not been pitted That's against it. 
another artist in that same way so like and then and then they kind of were like oh yeah actually yeah like I see what you mean and like they were totally receptive to kind of oh yeah actually I do see where you're coming from and it was like but but I just think it doesn't get thought about maybe or maybe there is actually more thought behind it but I think things just get missed because they haven't been in that position themselves that's what I was just gonna say I think sometimes just because they haven't been in these positions it's something that they kind of probably would just maybe just not think about but yeah yeah imagine it was the other way around there'd be like uproar about it like these two headliners playing at the same time when you know there's the only two men on the in the whole of the festival Mm-hmm. Which is also crazy at a festival. There's only two women playing in the whole festival, but I, I think actually, to be fair, I think that um, Anna and Ida did have like earlier sets, but oh, it was okay. like a three stage, mm. like two three stages, massive, and it was like there's like four women where two of their sets are like conflicting. Like, do you know what I mean? I just think I mean that was that was a few years ago but it's always stuck in my head because it was yeah. that thing no it's a really good example yeah, you know what I mean not thinking have you seen this Instagram page I really want to remember what it's called it's called like statistic statistics in dance music or something and basically they take like lineups from any festival around the world and they'll break it down to literally like where uh where the artists are from are they um female male um what agencies do they come from what booking agencies they come from how much they're paid they literally break down like every single thing and it'll say like 20 percent of the people from this lineup are from the uk 18 percent of this lineup are from america and have you seen it yeah it's really cool it's super interesting it was they did the they did the coachella lineup and they were like this amount of people were booked through um uh yeah whatever all of these like all of these different agencies I think um there was I I think like dance music has its elements of like you know these problems quite a lot but I also I kind of think that outside of dance music this is like a bigger issue as well I think we like I don't know I I can't remember so sorry to slag off a festival which I am probably gonna get wrong but it was like Leeds or Reading or something had like no female headliner Mm. Like this was Twilight. like last year, huh? Yeah, and then Wireless as well had. Yeah, there was like no. calling it out. But yeah, I think I think both have done it. We recently as well, yeah. which is just you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> How does that even get to the point of like being like released without somebody being like, oh, actually, we've got no women like headlining. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, how does it get to that point? I mean, a lineup like that, it has to go through a lot of people. It's not just like, oh, two people are sat in their living room like, okay, well, let's book this person, that person. Like, there's a big process behind booking a festival. So how is that not picked up on before? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny when you said about the all-female lineups before, when it's an all-female lineup, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's an all- whether you say it or not, if you just put it out, don't call it an all-female lineup, people pick up on it. If you put an all met like I guess no. people are picking up it now, but all male lineups, that was just a lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it's so That's true. That's it. Oh, wouldn't it just be amazing if like a massive festival just put up like a a like a eighty percent or ninety percent female lineup without obviously calling out like oh, oh this is what we're yeah. doing and then just see what people's reactions yeah. are. Nobody's really yeah. done that, have they? No. We'll get that. Yeah. 
we are getting there. I wanted to talk, Lydia, also about um, one of the artists that you're working with, Azeka. Yeah, she's awesome. She's um, she is running like she. So she's from Chicago, and she runs these nights called Dirty Disco, which she kind of started as like Twitch streams in lockdown, and then she's now been at like Spy Bar and like Smoke and Mirrors, and they're just like playing in loads of cool venues in Chicago. But she kind of she started it with the whole purpose of like making women feel kind of like there was a comfortable space they could go partying. She felt mm. like that was like missing in the scene and like there wasn't like, you know, like a, like her friends or like people she knew kind of wouldn't feel like comfortable going out. Like didn't feel like it was kind of, you know, there was a kind of female, like a welcome female focus and stuff so much. Um, so that's kind of what the basis was behind the parties where like people, where women can go feel safe, feel comfortable, get dressed up, have a night out without kind of that unwanted attention and without feeling like unsafe and uncomfortable in like a club, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really cool. Like, and it's really interesting because I actually, my experiences in the UK have always been really quite positive and feeling like not feeling uncomfortable in that sort of setting. Um, so it's kind of interesting to hear someone else's perspective on that, but then also the fact that she's doing something about it. So, so yeah, the nights are like always selling out and doing really well. Um, yeah, it's just, she's just really cool. I think it's like creating a nice like space in Chicago for people to go. Is she from Chicago then? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. It is. You often hear, you know, about, and I've had friends and I've had a, a, a personal experience myself where I've been out and I've really definitely not felt safe. But I think my personal experience when it happened to me, it was in Ibiza, I think it was like one of my first ever years. Mm. So I must, must have been like um, like eight, 19 years old or something. But I never really thought I had anywhere to like anyone to talk to about it. I just thought it was just kind of like, some in some ways I was like is it my own fault like should I have not been here or should I have not been dressed the way I was dressed you know what I mean you know when you can sometimes kind of blame yourself uh yeah and uh and it was something that I literally like never really ever spoke to anyone about so having all of these different conversations and platforms and you know even like the podcast that we're doing now and just open up the conversation um I think it's it's making it so much easier for people that ha have or or have gone through similar situations I mean don't get me wrong what happened to me was like nothing it was just a very very awkward uh just when you just don't feel safe somebody I somebody I thought somebody was following me or come leaving a club and I felt really really scared I remember just like running down the road by myself and I and I blamed myself for it I was like that sh I shouldn't have been going out dressed like that or I shouldn't have been by myself. And I'm like, but this is my home. This is where I live. This is part of, you know, I I work in this industry. I should never feel that way. Um, but yeah, I always remember like really blaming myself for that at the time. And now I'm like, why would, why did I ever think like that? It's horrible, isn't it? I feel like we carry so much like guilt and shame for so many things that we don't need to. I think like... um there's definitely been times in the past where like I might have you know yeah like it's you know either stayed out 
longer than I meant to or like missed my booked cab home so then had to kind of grab another one and then had an uncomfortable experience or a bad situation and then I'm like oh god I've only had like left one I should like I shouldn't have stayed longer or like you know you get like the night bus home and then you're like oh god I shouldn't have done this because it's not safe and it's like why are we having to think about like we shouldn't mm. have done these things that are absolutely fine like we're not the problem but I mm. think you know, it's that thing when someone, when something bad does happen to a woman, it's very much like, oh, she shouldn't have done that. Or she should, you know, why did she walk through the park like at night on her way home? Or why did she get an unlicensed cab? Or like, blah, blah. And it's like, that shouldn't be the question. The question should be about why. Did it even happen? Yeah. Why did it happen? Like who, whose fault is it actually? Yeah. It's a really difficult one, I think, to not feel like it's your fault in, in some yeah. way. Or put the blame on yourself. Did you share amazing with us? As- Sorry, well. Roberta. I was just saying it's amazing initiative that your artist is doing. It'd be good to kind of, obviously it's happening in Chicago, but I mean, that's something that would be amazing mm. worldwide. Yeah, totally. They, they, they have like a boat party at, um, in Miami for Winter Music Conference. Is it even called that anymore? Music Week? I still call it WMC. WMC. Uh, so yeah, um, it's something that I like. Far more initiatives. I know I mentioned strawberries and cream earlier, but they did. Um, they had a women safety initiative as well at the festival, and they had a WhatsApp number that was all around. And if you were feeling unsafe, you could WhatsApp, and they had people on site, like ready to respond. And you can like drop your pin, and so they would know where you are. And they um, they partnered with like United Nations on it. And I think just you know having the having the events that your artist is doing is amazing. And then, but also there's. I guess it's not a small thing, but just thinking about it at big festivals, at events that are already happening, just mm-hmm. having something in place, which can be as simple as a WhatsApp number. Yeah. You know, and someone pretty cool. I, yeah. I saw yeah. somewhere as on, I can't think exactly where it is right now, but it was, I remember it was on the back of the um the the doors in the in the bathrooms and I actually was it a soundstorm? It might have been. Um, and it was like a code that you could give a waiter or a waitress behind the bar, uh, like oh, kind yeah. of asking for help, you know. So there's all of these tiny things that yeah. can be done that are like zero cost, but could go so, so far when you're organizing an event or a festival. 100%. Yeah, totally. They they have that. Yeah, in the UK, it's like you ask for Angela behind the bar yeah. and then they'll like oh, get you. Really? Yeah, and then I was actually at like a like a crazy golf place the other day, which is also a bar, and it was on the back of the toilet doors there. It was like, if you're on a date with someone who, you know, is making you feel uncomfortable, isn't who they say they were, or like you're with someone and you're, you know, this and that, you can do that and they'll kind of help you out without making a big thing out of it. Mm. Didn't you mention as well this, uh, an Instagram page that was called Midnight Women, uh, Midnight yeah like the women's street watch yes yeah so yeah it's like this group of like it's this initiative here in like the northeast where it's basically women who are kind of going out essentially like kind of basically a yeah, street watch so they're like going to like the busy parts of town on nights out or they're kind of around like the metro stations and stuff at the last metro for like ma- making sure that women feel safe coming home um and so they'll just kind of be they've got like different kind of people kind of patrolling I guess is it where I can't think of a better word but just making sure that like if there's any women by themselves they're not kind of you know in a vulnerable position or like anyone who's in trouble like 
they're there to kind of support them you know if someone's had a bad experience they can like be there for them or they can make sure they get home safe or like you know contact friends like to help them find their friends if they've got lost that sort of thing um and that's like done really well and it's all kind of like volunteers and stuff that's, so that's such really a good cool. idea that's yeah. really good but there's a lot of positive steps happening like all these initiatives and kind of festivals acknowledging it like that's amazing that's kind of I guess what we can hope well I mean what we can hope for is that they're just not needed at all <laughs> but yeah. you know at least at least there are kind of people are, are noticing it and it's kind of gone from from what you said Katie that you just felt like oh this is just part and parcel of maybe going out or you know which it isn't at all and it which shouldn't be um so it's good that while we're kind of getting to the point where you know hopefully these things won't be happening in the meantime yeah. there are you know there are ways to help feel more safe and, and protect each other which is you know yeah I couldn't agree with you more I think we are at a, a point where things are moving and quickly and a lot more communities are being created there's a lot more different uh ways to connect with other women share experiences um and and support each other I mean another one of the of the and I've spoken about this in my podcast so many times um another one of the great groups of communities that I've really enjoyed over the last few months is the um she is the music whatsapp group where there's I think there's like over 400 women from the music industry all over the world in this whatsapp group and it is such a nice community of women that all work in different jobs support each other um and bring up like really interesting really important topics and conversations and I mean, I don't even really know how long that WhatsApp group has been going, but I, I don't think it's been going for that long. But the amount of people that I've met inside that WhatsApp group as well, and they've connected me with other people. And, you know, there's also, you know, uh, job roles or job positions that uh, people are looking for and everybody shares everything. And I just think, I don't know, there's so many of these different now initiatives and groups and communities where women are coming together. And I think it's like a really... um it's a really important time and I, I think we're definitely heading in the right direction. But as you said before, obviously there's still so much more to do. It's because it's like when going back to what we were saying before, it's not like you would have a WhatsApp group like men, uh, here's the music, you know, like <laughs> men in music, like that wouldn't even exist, you know. So it's, but I mean, we obviously have, we're at a point where we have to do these things and it's nice that that we've got the opportunity and the technology to be able to do these things. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So positive changes are coming. I think. I think it's a, it's a positive time. So obviously, still so much more to do. But um, we've kind of definitely moved more towards that community rather than competition, which is yeah. amazing. And it just shows how many more people win. Um, like what you're saying, that WhatsApp group, people sharing roles, recommending people. When we all come together, it's helping, like really helping, actually, kind of further people's careers and you know, mm. and artists as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And also with saying that, I'm. Uh, it's obviously I'm not just saying that it's just, you know, women coming together. There's also a lot of men, the majority of men that I know and work with, and I'm sure both of you would probably agree with me, that are so supportive, um, you know, and, and, uh, and play a massive, a huge role in this as well. So it's not just all about just women. Obviously there's a lot of, of men that are, are really helping us move forward as well so yeah it's a good time 
I'm going to let you both go because I know we said an hour and Roberta, what time is it for you? Uh, it's five. It's not too bad. Oh, I wish it was five here. It would be wine o'clock for me. <laughs> <laughs> I get a few more hours. <laughs> I didn't even have wine. It's like 2 p.m. Do you think? Yeah. I just <laughs> having one of those days today, like, oh, you know, when you just like, I just need to, I, obviously I was very, just really looking forward to talking to you, to you two, but I don't know. I woke up in a funny mood today. And I thought so I'm going to have like to drink wine in the afternoon. Do you? No, I'm saying sometimes you just need to. I know. Yeah. I actually don't actually normally drink wine in the afternoon. But I just, this morning I was like, I really feel like just finishing my day early today and then just have like a glass of wine on the sofa. Oh, I wish we were all there together. I'd go tonight like oh. winter wine in Ibiza. Yes, please. Or Dubai oh, yeah. or Newcastle. Anywhere would be lovely. Yeah. yeah anywhere when will we all be together again when someone gets us on a uh, conference lineup together again (laughs) oh yeah that's it anybody wants you know anybody's working on a conference you need some uh, guys someone needs to book us yeah we should actually do our own but we need to find like an investor so that we don't have to like if anybody wants to book us for yeah, their well. festival or their conference <laughs> to speak, yeah. or if there are any investors out there that would like to invest in our new uh, new music conference, then hit us up. Yes, please. Yeah. We're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so lovely to chat with you both. You inspire me so much. I'm so grateful to have you both in my lives. You're just amazing women, and um, I love you both very much. I feel exactly the same. Yeah. I really yeah. Love you. you are actually both one of two of my favorite people on this planet. And I'm not just saying that because you're both here, but it's true. <laughs> you say that to all your guests. Yeah, <laughs> I do. That's how the podcast normally ends. You're one of my favorite people. Favorite <laughs> to ever talk to. You're my favorite person to interview. <laughs> no that was from the heart Roberta I felt it thank you the best oh, Ibiza with love love you love you guys bye <laughs>